0: Patrick, you were you were in a deep dark hole. What's going on, man? What are you doing starting the I, show? Huh? What are you t- It's the last day of the year, I'm changing <laughs> things up. What? I'm off, I'm off my game.
1: I didn't I don't even know what to do. I
0: I God, saw stop. I okay, saw I'll the live broadcast. button before I, you did. I that's that's not my fault you weren't paying attention. I was about to open my mouth.
1: Wow. Wow. You're really trying to change things up on this last day. This last—it's the last day, day of school.
0: Of fucking anarchy! Who gives a shit?
1: Uh, that's kind of like the, like the weird rules that uh, kids would tell themselves. We used to have this one: if a, if the teacher was out, I guess this would be. This mm. had to have been high school because you could leave school. Uh, if the teacher was out and there was a substitute, and the substitute wasn't there in the first ten minutes, the urban myth was that you were allowed to just leave class, which clearly not true.
0: No, no. But yeah. several kids did. I, I, I had that tested a couple of times in I think junior high and high school and uh, both times as soon as kids started to walk out, someone in the staff looked around and said, What what are you doing out of the fucking classroom? Get back into the fucking classroom. What are you doing? So that didn't work yeah. out so well for them.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't have any lights in this room right now. All I've got is this this window. There's technically a closet mm-hmm. light on, but I, I have since I since moved this is the third spot. I have put this computer in this apartment. Uh, the first spot I was in was against a wall that was kind of mm-hmm. tilted. Like, you can't, the wall doesn't look tilted, but then you look at the furniture, and it's very clearly tilted. Uh, and that can be fixed with, like, a, you know, a little furniture pad thing so that it, it is angled right. But that didn't fix my chair, like, constantly, like, moving from left to right mm. all the time. So then I moved to a different spot in the apartment which is near the water heater. And the water heater, while not really audible to the audience, and when I listen to recordings, like you can hear it very faintly. Uh, it is super annoying to me because it is uh. crazy loud uh, on my end. Um, so I decided to, to move to a different direction, which was in our guest room, which has no lights in it,
0: uh, and I need to get lights. So I'm I'm in this little... Icicle lights, man. Right Decorate now. with All icicle these. lights. Just get create a nice kind of festive mood in there
1: and I just keep the door locked and just when my wife comes to check on me just sharpening a blade. <laughs> what's going on in here? I don't I don't know. I don't know what's been going on in here. I've been locked in this room for too long. Oh, goddamn it, Patrick.
0: It is the end of the year. This is our last show. It is, man. We've been we've been doing this show for like We have. Six and I think it's been a pretty good run so far. Right? june july august september october november yeah seven months it has and time. uh i'd say thus far it has been a pleasure so far to do it i'm sure at some point we'll hit a turning point yeah but, no it's, know, right now it's been good
1: yeah at some at some point at some point this will be complete dog shit but right now it's just dog shit and uh yeah it has been it has been a lot of fun to do um i guess today like you know you and i were talking there's not a whole lot of news that happened this week uh you and i have been fairly busy uh trying to get ahead of the game so that we can uh enjoy uh, a time off next week so if people have questions just start throwing them in the chat and we'll kind of sprinkle them in throughout uh as we as we go through at least a
0: couple of things that we got going on but did you did you find any time i did i found time to play one thing uh and that was the uh ac4 freedom cry dlc um I it was I was basically between that and Walking Dead, and I knew I wanted to play Walking Dead episode one in like one shot. So I needed to find like a two hour block ish where I could actually sit down and play that, and I haven't done that yet. So Freedom Cry was something I've played in like twenty minute, thirty minute spurts throughout the week, um, in the evenings. So I played through the entirety of that and finished it yesterday. Um I'm. I there is a. Uh, it's going to be an article that I'm highlighting and uh,
1: mm-hmm. worth reading this week. And I'm actually going to talk to the author, if not today, maybe maybe early in the new year. Um, but Kotaku uh, had an excellent essay by the, the also excellent writer Evan Narcisse, uh, who uh, has a right. Haitian background uh, in his family and has written several times very personally about um, games that decide to touch on slavery. Um, and how that affects him personally. Like he just, he writes so well about it, um, and, and, and uses the subject in, in a really touching fashion. And, uh, so I'm going to be chatting with him at least sometime, sometime soon about sort of his personal feelings on that DLC. But I'm curious, you know, like, what, what do you, what do you think of it? Cause it's super weird that that subject matter, was it like watching the trailers yeah. was weirding me out because it's like, Hey, we're going to touch on this really sensitive subject as, This character is shoving the sword in, like, 30 dudes' eyes, and, like, really meaningful, touching dialogue plays over all of this eye stabbing that's occurring. So I I couldn't quite tell. There is a strangeness
0: of tone to that DLC. Um, it, It is definitely trying to tackle a subject like that as thoughtfully as it can within the context of a game where the entire premise is you run around stabbing dudes in increasingly stylish ways. So in that respect, it almost comes off a little exploitation-y in, like, a sort of almost like Django Unchained kind of way, but without, like, the nod and the wink and the, you know, sort of like, look how crazy this is kind of thing. It's just, here is this hyper-violence juxtap- or, you know, basically framed up against... You know, these really horrible images of dudes being sold into slavery and these being whipped and all this other really fucked up shit that, you know, is, is not something you see depicted in games with such excruciating detail as this DLC often kind of tends to delve into. I think the story it tells is pretty good. I think it fleshes out a little bit of Adewale's character in a good way. And I think that some of the characters it surrounds him with, I wish there was a little more with them, but they're good. They're interesting, you know, players in all of this. I think that it doesn't have enough room to really explore the subject matter in a meaningful way. I think that it it, it definitely nails some of the... It nails a lot of the details, but it doesn't really get to, to, to build them out into something much more engaging than, you know, a, a few hours worth of DLC. And I think that's a little disappointing.
1: I guess... Uh, yeah, but I think... If that's yeah. your reaction, I think that's really encouraging because it doesn't seem like it comes across as exploitative of something that could easily have been. Hey, here's we'll use this sensitive subject because it'll attract attention. You know, it's it's attention grabbing. Um, it fits within the world, but it just seems like they maybe you know if the if the biggest complaint is man, I wish they had gone further and done yeah. a little bit more with it. That seems like. That's a good first step for a game of this caliber, at least in terms of production and how usually not nuanced uh, games of this type usually are uh, in regards to handling uh, really sensitive issues. That seems that seems
0: like they did. Here they did are a the good two job. major problems I have with it. One, it's buggy as shit. Um, they clearly did not have a lot of time mm. to finish that DLC, so there are a lot of little things where, like you know, you'll 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 finish, you know, capturing a slave ship and then uh for some reason it won't finish. Like it just won't complete the mission. Uh or, you know, you'll see ca- like guys on your ship instead of climbing the masts or whatever, they'll just be standing there totally, you know, statuesque like just broken animation type stuff. Like a lot of, like a lot of little things like that that sometimes like really get in the way of you enjoying what you're doing. Um the other problem is and this is I don't know, maybe this is just a philosophical thing for me, but there's a, the way it treats the the ancillary slave characters in the game like the people you're rescuing throughout uh is a little weird. In the sense that throughout the game you're trying to rescue as many slaves as you can and a lot of them will join the maroons, which is this faction of, you know, uh freed slaves that are, you know, want to rise up against, you know, sort of the 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 authoritarian, you know, regime, the, the French that, that, that are, uh, you know, currently occupying what what eventually becomes Haiti. Uh, the problem is it doesn't really do anything with them other than treat them as kind of a commodity, honestly. Like, you know, you're constantly trying to build up numbers of, of slaves that you have rescued, and that is how you unlock stuff. And... Okay, so
1: so so it kind of becomes a, a yeah. collectible... And in some way, that that has a sort of unfortunate irony, given the context of what this DLC's uh, yeah, it's pr- is about. it's
0: weird that way. And the other thing is that like you know you'll rescue those slaves, and you know you'll kill those jailers, or you'll 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 take down this plantation somewhere in the Caribbean but then that just starts all over again like there is no end game to that stuff like every time you 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 know clear out a plantation eventually a new owner will just move in and you will have to go do that again or you can go do that again uh, or as you're walking around port au mm. prince like you know the same you know collective like there will be a group of, of jailed slaves like being walked through the streets the same, you know, slave auction area will just keep getting repopulated, so it's like it never ends. And that's, I don't know, it just it came off a little weird to me, honestly. I just I think that that was a system that was maybe not as well thought through as some of the other aspects of that DLC. Yeah, interesting.
1: Well, I'm I'm definitely curious to play it. I'm I'm in the, I guess, home stretch of uh, Assassin's Creed Four. That's the game I've been kind of plucking away at um, this past couple weeks. I took. Monday afternoon off when this cold was at its worst um, and kind of just blasted through a bunch of the, the story stuff there. So I think I'm on like sequence 10 and I think there's, is 13. So I'm in sort of the, the home stretch of the story, but uh, that has come at, you know, I've been ignoring a lot of the side stuff and I do, I want to do a lot more of that, but I kind of, you know, eventually it's like, Oh Jesus, I spent like 15, 18 hours in here. Like I need to, you know, I start to get anxious after spending that much time with one game um, and at least want to get through the story stuff. Um, and then, you know, I'll, uh, you know, next week I'll, I'll probably flesh out some of the, the side stuff. But even the side stuff, you know, starts to become a little repetitive. Um, it does. Over time. Uh, capturing a, a ship is not nearly as interesting when the novelty wears off. And then you're only doing it to farm materials. And uh, the, it's just like the, uh, the bigger ships that would make it easier. I'm just, you know, so underpowered uh, in terms of being able to, to take on that, you know, it, it, right now I'm just grinding to get better hull uh, so that I can actually survive a, a battle with like a, you know, a legendary ship or, or yeah. something like that. Um, and I started dipping around in, I was really excited about like the underwater swimming sections and those are, could not be They're, the, they're my least favorite part of the whole
0: side ventures.
1: There's just nothing to them. Like, all you're doing is going down there to find Abstergo uh, little gems, which I'm not even sure why yeah. I'm collecting those. It's like, what to what end am I doing those for? And then there's just treasure down there. And the treasure isn't that much money. It's really not worth collecting in order to buy stuff. Like, you may as well be doing the uh, the fleet uh, stuff. That, that gets you more money in a quicker fashion. And it's just too bad, because it's gorgeous down there. And the idea of, like, swing around in this b- these big coral environments is super neat. Uh, Except that, like, once you've done it twice, there's just not a whole lot of like avoiding the sharks isn't fun. Like, it's not, it's it's like the worst kind of stealth in that game. Where oftentimes the game is asking you to go into these big open areas to collect things, and there's nowhere to hide from these damn sharks. And so then you die, but there's really no consequence of dying. So who cares? Just go ahead and die, and then make it to the to the area you were in before. Uh, So that was disappointing. And then I just feel bad fighting when i yeah. was doing the harpooning i did it I, once and i was like okay like not, that's that's like, enough for me yeah like it, it tries i think it it tries to contextualize it in this way where all of a sudden out of nowhere you're in this little uh this i don't know like a little dingy kind of ship and it's it's stormy and it's dark and ooh this ooh, this creature's trying to kill you and like that's why you've got to kill it when it's like no like that doesn't make any this isn't all moby dick like you're trying to make it like Moby Dick. So I don't feel bad that I'm harpooning this whale. Uh, but I don't really need to craft that stuff. So I'm probably not going to harpoon anymore. So the, blue the, the one
0: trick uh, about the crafting in that game is that, you know, it's cool that that stuff is tied to the hunting. Like it actually gives the hunting a purpose and it gives you something to do with that stuff as opposed to just, I don't know, killing stuff to sell it, you know, whatever. Um, but you can get through that game pretty much without crafting anything. I, I crafted a few things, and, mm. you know, I would sometimes go back to see if I really needed it. But honestly, I was able to get through pretty much all the major missions without having severely upgraded anything. Uh, you know, I, I think I got, like, an extra holster and an extra dart pouch, and that was pretty much it.
1: I get some people in the chat are saying a lot of the uh, ship upgrades are part right. of shipwrecks. Um that are that are underwater which which makes sense and if if you want to fully upgrade your ship and go for uh after the legendary ships like there are a a set of ships that are just crazy powerful so i imagine if you want all of that stuff that you would need to uh to investigate all that stuff so not saying there isn't some worthwhile material down there but if i'm not going to for completion status on the game you know it's sort of i kind of ran out of steam uh pretty quickly um at least opposed to you know i still get a real rush out of finding all of the points right. to synchronize that is still probably my favorite thing to do in an assassin's creed game and i will probably for sure uh do do all of those in this game as well um and yeah i don't know i i still feel bad about i understand killing that you know
0: it's I, I felt bad when i when i randomly jumped on an ocelot and killed it like i didn't really want to do that you know but i did a few times uh it's, we- it's weird It's It's weird. how you feel differently when the game is giving...
1: You- like, the reason I felt bad about the turtle was not because I killed the turtle. It was because I killed the turtle. You couldn't do anything with it. I couldn't skin it. Right? Like, I think, you know, in games, especially when you have sort of hunting stuff, even if you have sort of a, you know, personal uh, aversion to the idea of, of hunting animals, uh, is that, well, it's for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's in a game. I get it. Um, but, like... It t- still makes me feel uncomfortable. But if I'm like, you know, if I'm crafting, if it's for food, like, it's okay. I get it. Like, it's it's justified and contextualized in the world in a way that uh, I can I can, I can can jive with. Uh, but the turtle, it's like, I literally just shot that fucking yeah. turtle in the face. <laughs> and that was it. And then I went into, like, oh, let's go skin it mode. And it was like, can't skin can't it. Can't do anything.
0: It's oh. just a turtle. You just killed a fucking turtle it's, for no reason. That... Uh, I did. I that's did. the one thing about the Freedom Cry deal, Like... Even with, with the the sort of weird, you know, context stuff, you know, the story in in Freedom Cry, I think, is pretty damn good. And in some respects, it, it nails a few points, I think, better about the Ottawale character than the main story ever really did about the Kenway character. Um, that said, mm. uh, the side stuff that is in there feels totally superfluous. Like, there's really no reason for you to be going around hunting for chests Uh, or, you know, doing any diving for shipwrecks or any of that (laughs) stuff, because the piracy aspect of that character, because it takes place, like, I think, like, 15 years after the events of the main game, is such a minor Mm. point in all of that, so... You know, they've basically pushed that stuff pretty far to the side. There really aren't any side missions in Port-au-Prince. It's just, like, some stuff around the Caribbean you can go hunting for. Mostly you're just looking for slave ships that you can take down and then rescue, like, huge chunks of, of, you know, like, large groups of slaves that are on board the ship. Uh, And that's actually the one interesting wrinkle, is that you have to not damage the slave ship because you will kill the people you're trying to rescue if you do that. You just have to kill all their escorts and then board the ship. And then a lot of times the the escort ships will make that very difficult for you by getting in front of the ship. And then when you're blasting cannons, you accidentally end up shooting the slave ship, which is not what you want to do. So that was like the one (laughs) nice, you know, interesting wrinkle to that stuff. But for the most part, it's like, here's a couple of shipwrecks. Here are some scattered, like literally you go to an abandoned fort and there are like, oh, there's three chests on this island. Oh, two of them are right at the front of the fort and the other one is at the beach, like five feet away. Great. Like, it's, they really didn't put a lot of thought into that stuff at all. But the story, because the story is, you know, I think pretty worthwhile, and they did put a lot of effort, I think, into to making that into something pretty interesting, I can kind of forgive that. Uh, it, but I, sure. I, the, really, in the main game, I did like going and doing a lot of that side stuff, with the exception of the shipwrecks. Uh, I kind of enjoyed doing all those different little side ventures. Uh, this is different in that it is very story focused. So I think I, I was okay with it just being that.
1: Yeah, I wish we could talk about The Walking Dead. Unfortunately, I I played right. that on PS3. I was secretly hoping they would just do a PS4 version. Which my suspicion is that there will be a PS4 version midway through probably. the season. That's kind of how I how I feel. That's probably going to go. Um, and hopefully, there you know maybe some of the hang up there is figuring out the save porting because the idea that they're going to make mm-hmm. you start over uh, would be crazy. Um, but uh, I haven't played it yet because there's no season pass on the, the right. Sony stuff yet. So if I was to purchase the first episode, I might as well just purchase all the other episodes right. individually because the discount only makes sense if you buy the season pass right. up front uh, all at once. Uh, so for whatever reason, that's not in the store yet. Uh, maybe that's changed since I checked two days ago. Um, but, yeah, it has been bumming me out that I have not been playing that because that is – you know. Easily one of my most anticipated things this year um, is to see what they they do with that, and uh, yeah, some of the reaction you know mm-hmm. has been encouraging, and I, I want to see it. I want to see it for myself, uh, but you know, I imagine the Telltale will get that sorted out between now and uh, when we when we rejoice, rejoin, and rejoice again Indeed. in 2014. Um, and can finally talk about it, but unfortunately I have not. Yeah, I've blocked off it,
0: yeah. uh, two solid hours on Sunday uh, while well, my girlfriend is off volunteering at an Animal Shelter to make that my Walking Dead time. You know, normally that's something I do in the evening, like after work or whatever, but because I have been trying to shepherd through something like 20-odd different uh, top t- guest top 10 lists and still trying to make my own, which I, I have not. I, I, have, I have a list of games that has not been ordered in any way or chopped down in any way. It's about 25 games at this point, so I'm going to have to See, I'm ahead of the game. Like, I
1: I haven't written out my explanations, my justifications for my top ten, but I got my top ten. It's yeah. too late now. So you got that settled. You are, you are, you are, you are in a more difficult position, and that is well, that's too bad. Yeah. That's too bad. That's gonna no, it's okay because I've only shitty. got
0: one other one guest list to edit so far today. That means I can kind of take the time to work on that okay. today. So I don't think I'm totally fucked yet. Why you got to Why you got to be so mocking about it? Like, come on, man, we're a team. Why you gotta? Why you gotta start the? Why you gotta start shit?
1: Because that's just that's it's just, the last day. just how it goes. I guess people are saying that people are saying you can—you can—I forgot—you can, you can, forgot, can buy—not to keep focusing on hunting mm-hmm. animals in Assassin's Creed, but you can buy—you can buy the hunting material. Oh, well, there you go. So you don't want to shoot those animals. I really don't, don't want to shoot
0: any animals ever. Um. Yeah. So you play anything? That else? That was pretty much it. it. Uh, I did play a little bit more of Zelda, which I still really, really like uh big surprise there yeah you know it's a good game and uh yeah that's that's pretty much been it i I've, I've wanted to spend more time playing dead rising 3 but i think i finally got enough of that game to where i'm like that's probably not going to make my top 10 but that is a really good game i'm pleased with the direction that sequel has, has taken things so you know I, I at least can say that about it sure what else have you been playing anything all right let's see no, no. Assassin. It's Assassin's Creed. All right. I haven't had time for anything else. We need to get back um, on Risk of Rain at some point. I'm I'm free all next week if you want to play some yep. Risk of Rain. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even though we'll be uh, off work, uh, we we might have to... Uh, like Risk of Rain is just something I want to do, so we might have to find a way to, to make that happen. Uh, let's see. There's some, uh, some little bit of news. Mm-hmm. Not too much happened this week. There was a big Nintendo Direct. Well, I guess, you know, big... Big-ish. There was... Big-ish. Um... They have some Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, they're they're gonna make a Dynasty Warriors with Zelda. Which I, I watched that trailer. It was goofy. It was funny. I'm never gonna play that game. Could not care less about it. Uh, but fuck you. You're gonna review goofy.
0: that game. Oh, Alex, you know that that would never happen to me. That <laughs> would only happen to you. Yeah, I know. Don't, don't even front. That's not even... You are fun. now our resident Zelda reviewer, I think. You know, you were the last person to do That's a Zelda true. review. So I think that that, That's is, true. that that is now your wheelhouse. That also, by default, <sighs> makes you our new Dynasty Warriors editor. So congratulations. I Man, have well, these three Dynasty Warrior games I need to review. One star. I've already reviewed them. Dynasty Warriors sucks. So... Okay. I don't care. That's cool. Care you can just write games. that into the game space. That'd be fine.
1: Yeah, I'll just pre-write those reviews, like just get them ready now, like one star, one star, one cool. star. It's, and my the review text is just Dynasty Warriors.
0: My only my only Maybe is Ze- that Yeah. Zelda will get two stars. Okay. Z- Dynasty Warriors. All right. Zelda, two stars. Okay. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Uh, yeah, that's a weird, I mean, I guess that's a weird announcement, but at the same time, those games have, the you know, the Dynasty Warriors franchise has its niche. There are people that fucking love that series. There is at least one special guest top ten list that has Dynasty Warriors 8 on it. I will not say who it is. I will just say wow. someone really liked Dynasty Warriors 8 enough to put it on their list. So that is what it is. Uh, I will just say again, for the record, my favorite part of that trailer is when Link opens the giant chest, the big chest opening music happens, and then a shitty placeholder title screen pops up. That is the best part! (laughs) That is so the best part! We Uh, threw this announcement together as hastily as humanly possible. Check this out! Oh, God. That game. All I could think of when I watched that, I'm
1: not sure if you've seen, uh, the Rome Total War mod that someone has made for Zelda. No! So, I don't know, Rome, Total War, Zelda, yeah, High Rule Total War, which is all I could think about watching that trailer, which is basically, yeah, someone added Zelda characters and enemies to uh, Rome, Total War, which sounds awesome, huh. like, that just sounds ridiculous, like, yeah, just search for, like, some images of that, it looks fucking nuts, I, they turned, like, the Majora's Mask, uh, Mask into, like, this giant creature, that it's creepy, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, fascinating. So I don't know. Yeah, it's I bet people that like Dynasty Warriors will like this new one. Not for me. Um I wish what for me was
0: this Yoshi's New Island, but
1: that game looks like garbage.
0: I don't know if it looks like garbage, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that exactly. Um is that was that the 3DS one they showed? Yeah, I mean t- to be fan to be fair, uh
1: 3DS games in general look really terrible because the resolution is Really tiny, yeah. And then when blown up on a 1080p monitor for a trailer that's probably 720p, um, it's just it does all sorts of bad stuff to to game that has art assets and a resolution uh, that is just not conducive to looking good in the way that we view game trailers. Um, so I'm hesitant on it, uh, but I don't think it looks very good. I I would really would have preferred, you know, a hand drawn sequel if they were going to sure. make another one um but uh you know i benefit of the doubt you know i think zelda did not look that great when i initially saw it either i think that art works just fine in the world even if it's a little bland yeah um but i don't yeah i don't know the game just looks kind of boring and i hope it's good but
0: uh watch this turn out to know. be the one jeff really likes wouldn't that just be perfect, right? right that would be yeah. that would be that would be the ultimate the ultimate iron that's not gonna happen no of course not um anything with yoshi and baby mario is an automatic uh not gonna happen for him uh other than that it was just you know mostly trailers for uh, i guess there was ness remix which i've heard is actually kind of terrible um that would be too bad i i think it's been far too long before
1: nintendo has jumped on the hey let's exploit our catalog in really weird ways yeah uh, because rom hackers have been doing that for a long time uh, with uh, fortuitous results, and it's it's nice that they're getting around to messing around with their games in weird ways. And, you know, may, hopefully this is just the first step in
0: them doing weirder stuff, uh, but it would be cool f- to see them do more of this. Um, yeah, the spirit behind it is great. I love the idea of it. The problem is, and at least from what I've read, is one, they are really only taking from the selection of games they already have in the virtual console, and two, most of the challenges they have derived for those are kind of shitty. Um, so you know, I, I'll probably check it out at some point myself. But uh, looking at the list, it's like, oh hey, golf for the Ness. I have to get a hole in one. That that doesn't actually sound like very much fun because that game no. is is okay, but it's like it's kind of hard, and I don't think I really want to just do that as part of a game. Uh, sure. I and if it's a lot of stuff like that, then I don't see a and you know for twenty but. Is it fifteen or is it twenty dollars? I can't remember. Whatever oh, it is. Yeah, probably fifteen. Yeah. Probably fifteen. 50, for fifteen bucks, I don't know. I mean that like if it doesn't have a great selection of games and the challenges aren't that interesting, then that's kind of a bummer. I would hope that this is really the thing, is that the virtual console really needs to get blown out at some point. They really need to bring a <laughs> lot more stuff to that thing. Even if it's they just won't. the entirety of the Nintendo they're not, library. They're not gonna do that. But they that's, need to. That's
1: makes a hey, that makes way too much sense.
0: I, yeah,
1: I, I know, but but come on, man. I agree. I agree. Believe me, you give me that virtual console subscription service, I'm on board. I'll baby. pay for that shit. Your, I'll happily pay seven, for that nine, shit. Seven ninety nine a month to get access to everything that Nintendo made for the NES and SNES. Charge me more to get access to the third party stuff. I'm there, baby. I'm all over it. Give me my. Give me my. If that is just all that Nintendo does to match you know, a PlayStation Plus sort of thing is just a virtual console subscription, they get so much more money out of me. Because I'm tired. I'm done. I'm not buying virtual console games anymore. Like, Earthbound was it, because that's like, you know, there are obvious reasons for that to be an exception to the rule. But I'm not buying Link to the Past again. I'm not buying Mario again. Like, I'll buy it as part of a bundle, as part of a a service that Nintendo offers. But I am done. I am never buying a virtual console game again, because... I have no confidence it will transfer to another machine. I will just have to buy that game again. I could just, I'm done. Yeah. And so, I'm. But I'm much like they would get over a hundred dollars from me if they're charging, uh, you know, a premium for a subscription monthly. That I probably wouldn't even use that much every month. Yeah. But you know what? I'd feel really good knowing
0: that I could. Yeah.
1: If I just want to play Super Metroid, boom! I can just boot up and play Super Metroid.
0: They're all. And. Yeah. There are all these rumors now about the WWE doing its own network. They've been talking about doing this for years. And the latest thing that they are apparently talking about doing is a straight up Netflix style subscription service where you get access to their entire goddamn video library, which includes like WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW, all their TV shows, all their pay-per-views, all that shit, all of it. And they're talking about charging like 15 bucks a month or something for it. That is genius. I don't know why more companies that have these great back catalogs of material don't do this kind of thing because it's totally feasible and it's not super crazy to enact, especially if you're just talking about Nintendo stuff that is wholly owned by them. I understand getting stuff from other publishers is probably more of a pain in the ass and maybe you have to swap that stuff out sometime, but they have a huge library of just their own stuff that they could easily offer people and they don't. And it's insane. Well, I'm sure I'm sure the, the you know, you know, the, the, the reasoning must be,
1: you know, you know, short term versus long term. Right. Like they, you know, when they make a big push for like putting out Super Metroid, you know, you get a lot of people up front paying a premium for that. And are they making more money on that in the short term with a lot of people paying a premium up front? Um, They're not making any fucking money to- now on that thing. Well, I, I'm I'm agreeing with you, but I'm saying, you know, there maybe there is a, justific- a justification that they look at that it makes sense to get all that money at a premium from the people that will pay rather than, you know, how many more people they think they would possibly get. Uh, I, I think at this point, it makes no sense to launch this uh, service on the Wii U as much as I like it. You know, from a business perspective, I think if they were to launch whatever they're going to launch next, which, you know assuming will be some sort of uh, console handheld hybrid. If that machine launched as like get new Nintendo games and as bundled in as a subscription, get access to every game Nintendo's ever made. I think that is a compelling reason to buy a new hardware platform that Nintendo pushes versus an old hardware platform that as well as the Wii U could possibly do even in the most uh, positive scenario you can think of. It's not going to carry the company forward so does it make sense to waste something like that which would be a huge move on the wii u on the 3ds or does it make sense to just exploit as they've done in the past kind of hobble along with this stuff as they have in the past and then launch that with a new console as a big new push that probably makes more sense it does i'm not saying nintendo is even smart enough to to pull that off because They have done such a poor job of exploiting the virtual console even in ways you can exploit people. And I use the term exploit because a lot of what Nintendo can do with nostalgia is exploit people's nostalgia. And they've done just a terrible job of that. So I would love to think that they're just being smart about the long term and saying our new hybrid console is going to have this subscription service at the start with Nintendo Network ID. You're going to get 30 days free when you buy it. And so you get access to all this Nintendo stuff and then you're going to be like, oh God, like, isn't it so cool that I have cloud saves that go on my handheld and my thing at home and I can play my games wherever I want. And wouldn't that be such a wonderful scenario? You have, you've, you've
0: you've painted a wonderful picture here. Unfortunately, it is a picture that I don't think Nintendo is ever going to paint for themselves.
1: Fuck, but how cool would that be? It was a great
0: idea. It's a fucking fantastic idea. And it's so fantastic that no one at Nintendo would ever think that is a good idea. I want to be wrong about this. I would love it if they just came out with something that actually, you know, either justified the purchase of the Wii U by doing this catalog thing, or, like you said, wipe the slate clean, new hardware thing, fine. I don't even hate the Wii U. I've I've kind of grown to like it over the course of the year. I I think it's a neat little piece of hardware. It is just so poorly managed and so... Apparently useless to third-party publishers because nobody cares about it, nobody wants it, and that is so fucking tragic. It is tragic what has happened with yeah. that thing? Yeah. So, well, we'll see what happens. Uh,
1: it won't happen. It won't. But one, one can hope. One can hope. Or like, even imagine if it was like the subscription subsidized that console. Yeah. And if you agreed to a year of Nintendo, and then you could just buy the machine for a hundred bucks. Like, uh, I would totally buy a year of anyway. Nintendo. I would do it anyway. Your walk is coming to Steam. That's cool. Maybe
0: I'll actually play that, that cool. now.
1: Yeah, your walk is great. Uh, they're adding a map, uh, which Ooh. is something that uh, that game could have used. I drew a map, mm-hmm. and drawing a map was cool. But I know that not everyone likes to do that.
0: I hate drawing things. Um, so yes,
1: Stanley Parable is coming to Mac. Cool. That's cool. I guess that game is great. That game is great. Play that game. Um, Steam adds VR support. Good. So Oculus Rift games are easy to find. Um the future is coming. Seems smart too. I don't have any comments on that no. other than that than being really smart. Uh <laughs> I like this question in the chat. Arbut Arbuth not uh ETA on Star Trek Dynasty Warriors. Gan Ning versus
0: Wharf. That sounds I don't care about Star Trek, and that sounds awesome. Yeah. I don't know if there's enough enemies you could really throw at anyone to, to make that make sense. Maybe it was the Borg. If it was just, like, just endless Borg coming at you, that would probably... That's probably the only villain I can think of that you could actually do that with. Can't really do the Yellow Turban Rebellion with that one, unfortunately. Uh, Do we want to talk about the one thing? Right. Yeah. Right. We did We did talk about that. Yeah.
1: Um. So, Pax, uh, starting with Pax East and extending to... Uh, PAX Prime and, uh, assumingly, PAX Australia, is rolling out what they are calling diversity lounges. Right. Uh, which is a uh, place that will be uh, in a highly trafficked area um, that they—at least that's kind of how they're what they're calling it—that uh, will sort of have its own panel track and will also—the uh, b- b- idea is like they are trying to respond to some of the criticisms that uh, PAX has become sort of an unsafe place for uh, certain groups— Um, And this is their way of trying to address that. They have partnered with uh, one of the co-founders of GamerX, G-A-Y-M-E-R-X, which was a, by all accounts, a very successful um, sort of tiny convention gathering in San Francisco uh, to try and organize this. Uh, These changes were uh, leaked on, I believe, the website IndieStatic. They were uh, sort of just a series of like PDFs um, explaining some of these changes and uh, people kind of jump to the worst possible conclusions. I think myself included, so, um, based on uh, Pax's previous history with dealing with sensitive topics like this. Uh, not to mention that uh, the term uh, diversity lounge um, immediately just makes you think of some sort of um, weird diversity ghetto mm-hmm. uh, for those other people uh, to go to, and the idea that uh, it would suggest that the rest of Pax is not a safe place uh, for diversity, and that uh, people of diversity or however you would get into a weird classification issue. Uh, should just go to that area and not worry about the rest of PAX. Right. Um, now, you know, since then, uh, Robert Koo has come out to uh, explain a little bit further about their thought process behind that. Um, and, you know, that's not the idea. Um, and, you know, I, I I find it hard to continue to give uh, Penny Arcade the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, partnering with someone like GamerX, I think is a, a smart decision. And, you know, talking to folks that are all about, inclusivity uh seems to be the right kind of people to talk to um obviously you know talking to talk is much different than walking the walk on this stuff and you know continues your tradition of pax just having to you know being backed into a corner and explaining itself very poorly yeah um there are a million other ways to imagine how something like this was rolled out and explained um, because they really do need to uh, get over. <laughs> People don't give them the benefit of the doubt anymore. And if they wanted to explain this in a fashion that contextualized it in the way that you know they clearly want it to be, um, they didn't do that. And and so obviously this is starting already off on on the wrong foot. Um, but it's hard to uh, blame Pax for that when you know this is their own thing. This is something they could have handled uh, better if they wanted to.
0: Yeah, I mean, reading the explanation that, that, that Ku put out and kind of getting the better sense of what they're trying to do, I still. I have my reservations about it, but you know, I'll admit that I immediately jumped to probably the worst conclusion possible, which was that you know we're just going to go put all the people who are complaining over here, while the rest of you go have fun over here. It doesn't really sound like that's what they're trying to do. If anything, they're trying to, to do the best they can, I guess, to, to kind of reach out to people who have felt slighted and you know marginalized by the the, the core Pax audience and and frankly the people who put the show on. Uh, And, you know, it does feel like they are, at the very least, trying to take a first step here. I think that people were not necessarily incorrect to assume that this was going to go very poorly and that this was not, you know, uh, really in the best interest of anybody. But, I don't know. I mean, it's like, at this point, give it a shot. You know, anything is better than just continuing on down the current path that they've been on um, of just sort of, you know saying hey we we have listened to your concerns and then going up on stage and then basically you know blithely dismissing everyone's concerns whenever they get the opportunity um if this is you know an actual positive first step in the direction of you know kind of trying to make pax a more inclusive more you know safe feeling place then good um it deserves to at least be tried if it goes badly then that feedback should be taken and you know they should look at how to readdress it as the show goes on and really what they need to do is they need to find a way to just kind of communicate to their core audience, look, this kind of shit is not okay anywhere. You just kind of need to be cool to people while you're at this show regardless. And they just need to be much more harsh about people who don't, you know, who make other people feel like shit when they're at PAX. Um, I feel yeah, and, and and
1: I think the the problem, you know, with, with this is that, um, you know, for me, is that a lot of my, you know, my issues as... You know, someone that you know doesn't feel uncomfortable at PAX because I am not—I am not who this is—is is meant to right. to make feel more safe um, or included at, at something like PAX uh, as as a as a, a straight white dude. But uh, you know, it needs it needs to come from the guys that are have been causing, or you know, very yeah. specifically one person at Penny Arcade um, that has been causing all the problems. Yeah. and so it's 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 less to me about there being a diversity lounge as much as there being. Um, An acknowledgement within the leadership and organization of Penny Arcade uh, acknowledging what is the actual problematic thing, which is I feel like has less to do with the space and more to do with the people that are making the space uncomfortable as a result. Um, And that does not get addressed here, um, at least in a meaningful capacity. And they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt at this point because they haven't earned it. Like they, they need to earn the right. Uh, to have that back and and i suppose this is a step in that direction um and i although this is a serious subject i can't help but keep laughing at people in the chat who keep bringing up the anchorman quote of diversity being an old wooden ship because that's immediately what i started thinking of yeah when the diversity lounges were <laughs> were disclosed especially with anchorman 2 coming out this weekend hopefully that movie isn't shitty um yeah so you know we'll see uh we'll definitely have to see what, what happens with this um You know, hard to have too many more thoughts about it without seeing, you know, maybe what else they have to say or how this rolls out in practice. Um, I want to keep my fingers crossed, but I got to say, I don't have a whole lot of reason to be uh, positive other than the fact that they seem to have partnered themselves with people that you know, maybe could pull it off.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, I'm at this point now where it's like, if if they had continued to do nothing, then that would be worse than at least them ham-fistedly trying to do something. And so, I don't know. I mean, it's like, let's see what they do at PAX East. If it turns out to be kind of a shit show, well then, you know, we can readdress it then. If it turns out to actually be a step towards something better at that show, then good, I guess. But you know, that's, it, yeah. this by itself I don't think is going to fix the primary issue at hand, which I think we, we, we know what that is. So we will see. PAX East is not
1: convention season. It is not, not yeah, that far away. Yeah, That's <laughs> what March. Yeah. At least PAX and uh, GDC are a little separated this year. So,
0: whoo. Yeah. Uh, Graham Nix has a question for you, Alex. Uh, uh-huh. are you going to do a movie podcast anytime soon? Probably not until early next year. Uh, Rory and I had tried to do one a couple weeks ago and it uh something got fucked up like halfway through the recording and it got garbled so we tried to get together oh, again sucks. but then uh rory got i don't know consumption or something i don't really know what he, is... what he caught but he's been super sick for like weeks now um i think he's yeah he's been a bad way i think he's better now, now but he was pretty sick for a while so uh, he has not been in the office we have not been able to actually do anything for a while uh we will revisit that early next year okay um
1: Did you see, well, because people are asking. Mm -hmm. There's no movie
0: podcast. Did you see The New Hobbit? What did you think of it? I'm not going to see The New Hobbit. No? The first one was so goddamn boring that I, even if they have marginally improved it in the second one, it's not enough. I just don't care enough about the story of The Hobbit to want to see that. I don't.
1: I will only go see The New Hobbit if my wife remembers that it's out and says we should go see it and I'm like okay like I'll you know I'll go see it but yeah. I'm not I'm not going to be the one suggesting we go see it but I will I'll watch that on Blu-ray and then I'll go see the last one in the theater. Yeah. I feel like that because I, I am now just super genuinely curious in maybe a train wreck fashion to see cuz it, it sounds like from what I've read the second one basically kind of ends more or less where the Hobbit ends which means the third book or movie is like all made-up new material, you know, appendices stuff to link it back to Lord of the Rings, which that just sounds like a really great way to enrage a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Which means I want to be there in the theater to see it firsthand. Uh, so I'll probably see the third one in the theater. But I, I yeah, I'm with you. The the first one, yeah, they they got as greedy as you can get in terms of exploiting a franchise um, in a, in a really bummer a bummer fashion. And Peter Jackson he's just not that good enough.
0: It just it doesn't feel like he really cares that much. Like, you know, in the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, you know, even where it dragged, there was a certain enthusiasm in the filmmaking there and a certain necessity because they weren't trying to, you know, spread one book into three movies. They were trying to spread three books into three movies and they had to they actually had to, you know, condense a lot of stuff to make it work. With with The Hobbit, it doesn't feel like he wants this to be three movies. Like it every every in that first movie, God, like every scene felt like it went on five minutes too long. And that what was happening in those extra five minutes was just nonsense. Like nothing was happening of interest at all. I, I guess this one is a little bit more lively and it has a little bit more going on story wise. And you know, Hey, Legolas is back. Yay. He's, he's a good looking man. And Evangeline Lilly, you love her. She was on lost. Yeah, it
1: came from, came, came from losses she, in it. And people, she are, suddenly people
0: are doing stuff again.
1: People are telling me that it doesn't, Maybe I maybe I read the wrong things. People are saying it only ends about three-fifths through The Hobbit, which is a fucking joke. Isn't it like a 200-page book, like total? Yeah. Like, it's a really lovely, simple story. And I don't have any problems with Peter Jackson's desire to connect it to Lord of the Rings because Tolkien, historically, if you go back and read, like, he was upset that he didn't put in more connections and he wanted to. There's actually, like, a story about how he wanted to go and rewrite The Hobbit. Um, and and put in more explicit connections to Lord of the Rings so that it made more more sense and that it didn't feel as retcon-y. So he right. just wanted to go the retcon it the whole way and he didn't end up doing that. Um, and the appendices are, are what like kind of like helped that make a more of a cohesive whole. But and so I don't have a problem with the connection stuff. And I'm not even that much of a like a Tolkien guy. Like I, I like Lord of the Rings, yeah. but it's not like beloved to me. Um, the Dark Tower is probably my epic thing that I would get you know antsy about. Um, but I don't. It's yeah. It just feels so exploitative and so boring and just Jesus, I, I can't. Uh, it just gets it gets me angry even thinking about it, and I don't even care that much about Tolkien.
0: Yeah, I just I, the whole thing feels like a really intense cash grab, you know. And I I wish. If they had just made it two movies, I probably would have been okay with that. You know, again, The Hobbit is not nowhere near my favorite story, but I could see that being done well on the screen if they had just pared it down to the more essential elements. It is just, there is a lot of inessential bullshit in that first movie, and so much, in fact, that I just... I can't bring myself to go see the second one. I just don't care. There are at least a half dozen other movies in theaters right now I would rather go see. Yeah, I
1: haven't... I still haven't seen... I kind of want to see 12 Years a Slave because that seems like that's going to be like the runaway Oscar movie. Yeah, it's going to be up there. Um, Still haven't seen Thor, so I still want to see that. And I have to go see Anchorman too
0: because Anchorman
1: might be my favorite comedy of all time i It's certainly up there.
0: There are a lot of people who have said to me it is not as good as the first, but it is still very enjoyable, and there are at least a few people who have told me it is a total abomination. I don't know who to believe. I am just... At some point, I'm going to wander into a theater and just let it happen to me, and I'll see where it goes. You know, I I, I don't have any expectations, really, for it.
1: That's, that's such a weird movie to be a sequel to, given that, like, the movie didn't do that well when it came out. Yeah. And people like Steve Carell weren't a big deal when that movie came out. And also, I saw that movie and enjoyed it, but that was a movie that only became a classic for me upon, like, the 30th viewing. Right. Like, it was just – it's a movie of pure jokes. Yeah. Like, the story is – Nonsense like it's you know there is one but it's always just about like Ron Burgundy having you know he's enlightened now but it's all just BS it's really just literally a bunch of comedians sitting around cracking jokes I love the idea that I saw Adam McKay talking about how if the movie does well enough and it sounds like you know it's probably going to do pretty well at the box office that they want to do um, a second set of special screenings where they have enough material where they could replace, they could have the same exact story and replace every single joke in the movie. Okay. And that you sure. could go at midnight and see a special screening of the movie where it's the same friggin' movie, but every single joke is replaced with a different joke. Which just, even if those jokes are total crap, I, that is amazing. Yeah. Like, I would pay to see that just because that's so incredible that they have that much material. Um, and, and I like a lot of those comedians so much that I would love to. I would love to see that.
0: I'm just looking at the list here of what I still need to see. I need to see 12 Years a Slave. I need to see Inside Lewin Davis. I need to see Nebraska.
1: What's Nebraska? That's the
0: new Alexander Payne movie. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I need to see Her, which is the new Spike Jones, which I've heard is great. Right. Uh, I still need to see... There's a new movie with Steve Coogan and uh, Judy Dench that looks very funny that I would like to see, uh, despite the fact that it looks like the kind of thing my mom would go see. Uh, Okay. And yeah, I guess Anchorman too. And I think that's kinda of the, the the and that could not be more different from all the other things I just listed, but uh I think that's no. that's kinda of what I got on my list before I, I, I fly off to China here at the end of the month. So we'll uh we'll see how many of those I managed to get in. I would like to get at least a couple of those in. Are you doing any research before you go to China? Or are you trying to go in like completely this I'm is gonna just... this is it, pretty much. I have this Lonely Planet book, I'm gonna look through it. Uh
1: <laughs> So my girlfriend... Are you, was, trying to learn how, are you trying to learn how to say hello? No? no? Okay,
0: no. all right. You're just going to be white man in China, and you're just going to just roll with No, it. because I have a, I have a translator. Uh, yeah, you're
1: right. That's right. That's right. So my
0: girlfriend was born in Shanghai, moved to the States when she was like four or five years old. Um, She has been back several times. And, you know, I mean, that city apparently changes so rapidly, like, landscape-wise that it's hard to, you know, uh, know what's still there and what isn't, but... She hasn't been there in about seven years, uh, so it's probably going to be a pretty different experience. But she at least knows the basic lay of the land, so I'm just going to kind of follow her around. We're going to figure some things out to do and to see while we're there. Uh, it's going to be an interesting eight days. I, you know, I've, I've been to Hong Kong before, but I've never been to mainland China, and that's I, I, I'm expecting a fairly different experience. So we'll Why see. Why did, did you go to Hong Kong
1: for like a vacation? That's time? where her,
0: yeah, her parents live there now.
1: Oh, um, so- I've, ne-
0: I've never been. I have never been to Asia outside of. Outside of Japan for the, the one time I went for TGS. So the hilarious tragedy of all of this is that I've never been to Japan. And my so my first time landing on Japan soil will be for a two-hour layover before I fly to Shanghai. Oh, you're going to Narita? Yeah. <laughs> so, hi Japan, 40. bye Japan. That's pretty much all I'm getting out of that.
1: Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. That's too
0: bad. But Shanghai will be cool. That'll be fun. I'll need to wear a gas mask, it sounds like, but that'll be fine uh let's see people say asking you think the vita will have a better year in
1: 2014 uh hard to say find better I, I, yeah i i don't know if it will i mean but yes it will have a better year in 2014 because a lot of what um sony has lined up for that machine are cross by independent made games that are coming to ps4 and vita there have been some of those on PS3, but a lot of the ones they're lining up, whether you're talking about, like, Nuclear Throne uh, and games of that nature, like a lot of those are coming out next year. So, you know, will the Vita have a sales renaissance in 2014? Probably not. No. Uh, but will it have a strong reason to own, if you own a PlayStation 4 and have PlayStation Plus? Like, absolutely. Uh, I think between remote play and the games that will be cross-buy compatible, uh, you're going to have a strong reason to want to wanna have that machine um, if you're in that ecosystem. But, you know, I... I think even, you know, Sony has, you know, if you listen to the tone of their interviews, the way they talk about that machine, they have more or less accepted the fact that it is basically becoming an expensive accessory. Um, So I still think it would be a really cool idea if they turned that into just a remote play machine and tore out the guts of that and and sold it for cheaper. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if they'll actually do something like that, Um, but I, I think that the Vita will become increasingly... Uh, sort of by accident, the best accessory that Sony has ever made as a company that largely has done a poor job supporting accessories. Um, but sort of by necessity to make the Vita um, interesting, uh, they've they, they've kind of turned into this. And I think it will end up being a really strong uh, addition. You know, essentially, you know, if you can find the Vita for a decent price, like it's not that much more expensive than when you're paying for an Xbox uh, with Connect. Uh, if you chose to get a PS4. Um, so just kind of think of the Vita as the connect of the PlayStation, which is – that's not a, a great comparison. That makes that sound worse than it is. Yeah. Uh, but if you think about it in terms of an accessory that is you know, sort of value-enhancing the, the box you already have, you know, I, th-
0: I think that works really well. It's unfortunate. I mean – That's not a. It's not a bad thing if that's what it ends up becoming. You know, primarily a a streaming device for the PS4 and just a host for a ton of PlayStation Network indie games. Because I mean, I've I've ended up playing a lot of that stuff on my Vita this year. That's kind of what I've used it for primarily. I just wish that there were enough fully developed Vita games to really support that as you know a meaningful handheld system on its own merits still. Because if I'm looking back on this year, the number of actual straight up Vita games, just games released like in these stupid, you know, little tiny blue boxes. There's like maybe a dozen of them total, which is... Terway's pretty good, though. Terraway's great. Rayman on Tar-way's the Vita really was pretty good. great. You know, like there were there were good games on there. There were a few, but there were only a few. And mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like that's going to change. So, I, you know, yeah, I guess if, if that system is going to survive, it probably has to be rebranded and re sort of just, you know, rejiggered into something that is meaningful to people that own other PlayStation systems. I wish it didn't have to be on those terms, because I think it could be a totally great platform if the games were there that, you know, supported it, but they're not. And they haven't been since that thing came out. It's It's been the PlayStation Network that has kept that thing alive. It has not been other publishers coming in and trying to make games specifically for the Vita, which is a bummer. Sure. Um.
1: All right, well, as we wrap this out, what do you... uh? What are you looking forward to next year? You got any? Do you have a game on your list that you really scratching an
0: itch you want to scratch next year in twenty fourteen? First and foremost, I'm looking forward to it being a different year than this one. For the love of fuck yeah, God. this year this yeah this year's been kind of shitty. Yeah, uh, um, not goodbye, for games, goodbye. but for everything else.
1: Yeah, but for life. Yeah, like I moved I moved to Chicago,
0: but for all sorts of other reasons. Yeah, twenty thirteen. Bad life year. Yeah, eat a dick. Get out. Move on. Straight up. Um. That said, there are certainly several games. I mean, Titanfall is one that everyone is, you know, rightfully excited for. I certainly am as well. Uh, I am excited to finally see what South- that South Park game is. I have trepidation about it now because of all the weird shit it's gone through, but I'm still looking forward to playing it. Um, I'm really, that is pro- that is the game I am
1: most excited slash curious about yep. in 2014. I, that game, I think, will either be
0: total garbage mm-hmm. or really amazing. Also, Witcher 3. Gonna say yeah. yeah. I, I want I, after after seeing that E3 demo, that one has been near the top of my list pretty much the whole way through. I am very looking forward to that one. So man,
1: and I I, I loved the hell out of Witcher two. Um, I played that on three sixty, and that is still if no one if you have not played that game before, the three sixty port is is excellent. Um, it's really really well done. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, and yeah, it made me super excited for Witcher three, which was not a franchise. It was even on my radar. Um, and now I am, you know, that's that's easily in my top five most anticipated games. Totally.
0: What else you got? What, what else are you looking forward to next year? I, I Miami too. Yeah, sure. Totally. Octodad. Someone just said Octodad in the chat. Yeah, that's yeah. coming out next year. Yep. Can't wait the to witness.
1: play that. Ready for The Witness? I've I played like a third of The Witness. And according to Jonathan Blow, last I talked to him, like the puzzles were basically final when I played that game with ryan like basically like almost two years ago at this point i think he just keeps adding stuff to it well what he's adding are is the world right you know is the story stuff was very bare bones uh when we when we played it and he kind of told us to not pay attention to it and the uh the world was extremely bare um and all that stuff has been fleshed out but by all accounts a lot of the puzzles that if i somehow remember any of the solutions are the same solutions to those puzzles. Those that stuff had kind of been finalized, and everything else is what he was spending his time and money on uh, figuring out. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, uh, I'm curious to play that. A lot of people pointing out uh, Persona Five is that next year. Uh, That's next year, I think is it is.
0: I think it is. Persona, Persona Five. Also, he specifically said on ah. Twitter apparently recently that he actually was adding more real puzzles to that game okay. on top of everything else. So he is just he is just continually adding things to it.
1: Persona five, yeah, is winter twenty fourteen. I don't think that means it comes out here next yeah, year. That could uh,
0: be that could be like January or February of twenty fifteen at this point. So Yeah. Um that'll be a Sega joint. hmm you know they haven't given us reason to be alarmed yet, so let's just hope that they're just gonna let those guys do their thing and not try and you know, fucking rub Sonic all over that shit or something. You know, like I don't I don't want that.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm actually gonna try and uh, my my agenda for before the games start really hitting in in March is to try and uh, try and I'm gonna try and play Persona Four or at least get deep into it, and then I'm also gonna try and play Dark Souls. So I want to try and play Dark Souls before Dark Souls Two comes out. So that's kind
0: of my plan. I'm going to not do that. Okay. Yeah, that's I'm, just fair. Gonna, I'm I'm just staying away from the whole Dark Souls thing. Not for me. So I will let all everyone else enjoy it while I'm over here playing my stupid wrestling games or whatever. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, and with that, I think we're gonna we're gonna close out 2013.
1: That is that has been a year. That has been seven months, not quite a year. Obama and name was coops and the wolf um, it's been a good seven months though yeah we're not we're not sure when we'll be back uh you're going to China and then you're kind of taking some time off when you come back from China so we're gonna kind of play it by year um, at the latest let's say mid-january yeah yeah um and we're out of guests. I need to go wrangle a whole new set of guests uh, if people have uh, folks they would like to see on the show uh, feel free to shoot me a, a pm and I will see what I can do. Uh, I've got some ideas. I got some uh, some folks in mind that I would like to to line up. But you know, I think we're going to try and continue uh, the trend of of having uh, guests on the Monday show. I think it's been a lot of fun and, and definitely made the show more interesting. Um, so we'll we'll try and keep that rolling as much as we can. But
0: uh, Alex, it's been a pleasure, and uh, I will uh, I will see you in 2014. Likewise, sir. Looking forward to it. And you know, ow. Exactly.